0: Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Here's Pastor Ryan.
1: The Word of living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. We are more than conquerors in Christ, but some have forgotten that. We were at that men's conference yesterday. Boy, we got sandblasted. Men have to be men. Being in Chino Hills area there at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, at uh, Valley, Chino Valley, with uh, David Rosales' church, I mean, it was like, uh, reminded me of my old neighborhood. It's like the SGV almost looked like a tattoo convention. So, like, is this a Bible study or, or what? You know, excuse me. But it was, it was. uh, There's a lot of pain in our history, guys. Like that. There's a lot of pain in our history. One of the word that we got was, your pain is okay, my brothers. God cares about our pain and how our dads weren't there, abandoned us, or didn't speak the right things to us, or our mothers weren't there. And the, you have, we have this, this pain that is nailed to the cross and Jesus cares about it. He loves us. He took care of it. It's real. Embrace it. It's, it's your journey in this world. We were promised to have sorrow. But that makes us better Christians. You can minister to a whole lot of people when you've been slammed in life. But there's someone else in this world, another, pop, another half of the population that has suffered more than us men. And that is the weaker vessels. The women. Who, woman was not created out of the dust like Adam was. Woman was created from man's rib. He took a part out of Adam, the part that likes to clean a lot of things, the part that has all of these emotions and feelings, and all of that good stuff, good stuff, she's right here, all that good stuff, takes it out of Adam, makes a woman. Adam is now missing feelings and missing emotions and stuff, which is pretty cool. And uh, she has all that stuff. The Bible refers to the women as the weaker vessel, not only more sensitive emotionally, but physically men were stronger than women. So all of the pains that we've suffered, imagine dealing with it if you were a weaker physically and if you were weaker emotionally. They have had it hard. So men should stop whining and be men. Period. With no apologies. Knowledge is good, right? The promises are there. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies, is what he says. The knowledge of God is good, but if it's not wrapped in love, If it's not cloaked in love, then all it is is pride. And and for, you know, for those of us who've been Christians for a long time, I've been a Christian for 23 years. We've run into those folks, man. They know a lot about the Bible. But they won't pick up a, they won't pick up, lift a finger to help anybody. Right? They don't serve, never served. They have all the, look at this, these notes, look at this. Who do you I don't care about? I have my own books and commentaries. Do you serve anybody? Do you love anybody? And so the answer to can we eat meat offered to idols or not, the answer is love. Love is more important than your knowledge. You know that an idol is nothing, but what God cares about is love. Knowledge can puff up one's pride, but love edifies. That word edified means to build up. Christ has built us up, right? He took us from the gutter and he has been doing nothing but building our lives. He's doing nothing. if you, right, one of the one things that we love Christ about, he's always building our lives. He's not tearing our, he's not trying to mess up our, he's trying to build our lives. And so down in, uh, Verse 9, Paul says, But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge, shall we shall the weak brother perish whom Christ died? But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. And so not everybody has the knowledge that these little idols that the Romans and the Greeks were worshiping are nothing. Not everybody has that knowledge because we're all in a different level as we grow as Christians. We're not all on the same level. There are people to them, they just can't eat the meat because it was offered to an idol. And so Paul says, you have the, you have the liberty to, to eat if you want. You know, it's no big deal, but they don't. So don't let your liberty or your knowledge that it's no big deal make them stumble. Cause if you make them stumble, then you sin against Christ. That's huge stuff right there, guys. That's big. And that's what what God is concerned about, that we we don't uh, make our brethren stumble. Turn with me to Romans 14, please. Paul does a great job at speaking to this in in Romans 14 as well. In Romans 14, he begins with, with... saying that we ought not to judge each other in a, in a sense that we, you know, put each other down because one eats and one doesn't. All right? He wants us to, again, love is the issue. Love is the, is the answer, not judgment, not harshness. And so he says in verse 1 of Romans 14, Receive one who is weak in the faith. But not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. For God has received him. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand." And so, you know, if you think about the eating of meats to idols, you know, would it be wrong for one who thinks it's no big deal, who has knowledge to try to convince the one brother that has an issue with it or sister that, hey, it's really no big deal? I don't think it's wrong to disciple people, to try to bring them up to a more mature level at all. You shouldn't dispute. You shouldn't fight. You shouldn't judge. Right. That's what's being said here. Listen. Listen. If a brother or sister of Jewish background, of Jewish religious background, becomes a Christian, it'll probably take some time for them to get to the point where they can eat bacon because it it's not kosher. Amen? It might take them some time. Others, it may not. Ah, I read in the Word, it says, all I got to do is thank the Lord for this and I can eat pork. Yes. Ooh, that's good. But others, it'll take longer. That doesn't mean we can't say to our brothers of that of that leaning to say, you know, uh, we're kind of free in those things. And oh, are we? You know, but not to fight. But yeah, we want we want to bring people to to a, a, a more mature level. That's fine. But not fight over it. And and also and then they might have a, a temptation to judge those. Oh, you eat bacon. How can you? And you love uh, the, uh, you know, Jesus is Jewish. How can you eat that? because remember Jesus told the disciples it's not what goes into a man that defiles him because the stomach eliminates everything. It's what comes out of the heart that defiles the guy. Anyway, and the canitas and all the good stuff that you know I like. Yeah. I'm going to tr- probably try, but the right thing for me in my attempt, if, if I don't make any, any ground, uh, just... Stick with asada and uh, chicken, boring chicken. And that's fine. For them, for them, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. And that's what God says. Just love the brother. When they get there, they get there. It's the same with the brethren. Oh, we, you know, we're supposed to keep the Sabbath and Sabbath. The Sabbath on Saturday is when we ought to worship. And you can, yeah, you want to try to bring them along. You know, the early church met on the first day of the week, which was the day of the resurrection, which was Sunday according to the Jewish calendar. And that the Sabbath was a shadow of things to come that no day can truly give you rest. Only Jesus can give you full rest. So the Sabbath was a picture of Jesus that he gives us rest. And so the Bible says, be diligent to enter the rest of the Lord, which is get close to Jesus and you'll have rest. But no day can give you rest, only God. So you can share that to try to bring them up, but not like, you know, like, historically we have right fought over this stuff and so i know i've put my foot in my mouth you know it's like i'm fighting for 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 pork and i'm fighting for (laughs) i'm fighting man i'm fighting for cueritos right right don't make me feel guilty because i'm eating chicharrones you know Anyways, so the thing is just to love. And if you go down to verse 14 in Romans 14, it speaks to it more. He says, I know and I am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Christ builds people up. I ain't going to fight over carnitas. You know what I mean? I'm just not going to fight it, fight over it. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is about honoring God's will. I mean, I think so much about breakfast sometimes that you would think, man, dude, is your life about breakfast? Is your life about lunch? I think a lot about food, I must confess. Man, we ate ate those Philly cheesesteaks in Philly. Oh, my goodness. Man, we ate Joe's Pizza in New York City. Boom. We bought so much pizza, we were giving it away and using it as witnessing tools. Want a slice? It's from the Lord. Jesus Christ, take it. Yeah, I'm a big foodie, man. And it's okay in its proper place. But my thoughts should be on what the kingdom of God is, which is not eating and drinking. It's about righteousness, joy, peace, all those good things. That's the main thing. There's no need to fight over food. And that's really what he's saying here. He says, uh, um, for he who serves Christ, listen to this, we want to serve the Lord, right? Because we've been saved and, and God calls us to serve him. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. If you recognize it ain't about what you eat or what you drink. It's about being concerned with serving the Lord and serving others you ain't going to have problems with the liberties. Hold that. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things which one may edify another. It ain't about lunch, breakfast, or what you drink. It's about how to edify someone else, how to build somebody else. That's Christianity. Keep that in mind. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. There it is again. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourselves before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Now, it says it right there. All things indeed are puber. It is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat, drink, to It is good to neither to eat meat, nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. The big topic... In Christian liberties in the church, Southern California and in our country, is alcohol, without a doubt. I know the arguments. Trust me. I made them for myself. I loved alcohol so much. Jesus turned water into wine. There are Writings concerning the wine during ancient Israel and the near Middle East that testify to how, uh, how light it was, how it wasn't as intoxicating as the stuff today. They say five times lesser during Jesus' time. Another thing they didn't have during our Lord's times are these things called cars or statistics or mothers against drunk driving or churches where bishops, pastors, elders have had to deal with the countless of broken homes and families and marriages and teen pregnancy because alcohol was a part of the lifestyle. When I was at the conference yesterday, it was like it was yeah, I was at, like I said I was at home. There's a lot of guys there with a lot of pain. Alcohol was a part of our life. You don't have to explain to those guys. As a Christian, you shouldn't do it. It's not good. They'll tell you We know it's not good. Shoot, we've been drinking since we were 13 years old. It almost killed us and destroyed us. Now, you want to serve the Lord. Remember it says here, those who serve the Lord in these things is good. Where it's not about food or drink. It's about edifying others. We are trying to build people up. Those who serve at our church, on our application, yeah. Hey, don't partake. Serve the Lord here. Because it's not about eating and drinking. It's about other people being built up. And if you stick around in the ministry long enough, you're going to meet so many people who have been devastated by alcohol. And those little lambs in there are watching us. They want older moms and dads in the faith here, grandmas and grandpas and brothers and sisters here who are sober. You know that the, Alcohol is so potent today that you can't, the California Highway Patrol says, you have one beer or one glass of wine. You are not legally allowed to drive your vehicle. It's not the same wine as it before. You've heard that, that that saying about the marijuana, that the weed in the 60s wasn't as powerful as the weed in the 90s, but the weed today is insane. It's like LSD, they say. It just, man is tearing it up, making things Crazier. So I don't condemn anybody who has that liberty. But love edifies, you, you have the argument to drink, you do. And I don't wanna argue with anybody over it. I'll just share my, my conviction As a senior pastor, I think I've been called by Jesus Christ to pastor. You know, you guys are the fruit and proof of my calling. I'd be preaching in the swamp. (laughs) You got your proof. Apparently he called me. The Holy Spirit in me, I've seen too much destruction. And they're not, and guess who they're going to call for help first? How many funerals have I done? Think about that. We want our girls to be chaste virgins to wait till they get married. And you know the dogs out there want them to be buzzing, want them to compromise. So keep these things in mind. Keep these things in mind. Is the kingdom of God about arguing whether I can drink or not? Shoot, man, some people argue so much about their liberty. My gosh, if they put half the effort into serving the Lord, half the state would be saved. That's how much alcohol has, an, has a, has a pool on, on people. It had it on me. I, I fought for my, I love the taste of it. Not at first, not when I started, but where I'm from, if you don't drink a 12 pack, you're not a man. As a kid, we're dumb. We're that dumb. So then, you, I, I, you know, I, we all developed a tolerance. Yeah, you know, I drink a beer. I'm not buzzed at all back then. Because I developed a tolerance. Where was I going with that? <laughs> not everyone's going to have the same tolerance for it as we had. Grandchildren see you drinking, grandparents. And they try it. And they can't handle it like you can because you have garnered a tolerance and they get behind the will. How many kids have killed somebody or themselves because they were buzzed on the first time they drank? Those stories are numerous. The enemy is a liar. We're not in, we're of this world. We're in this world, but not of it. Jesus said, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until I I do so in my Father's kingdom. So wait to the Supper of the Lamb when we're there, and we'll drink the fruit of the vine there. But I want to be like my Lord. I will not drink of it until I get there. Think about that. Vigilance is another reason why. You read the Gospels. You do. I know you do. You know, our Lord was tempted by Satan for 40 days in the wilderness. He's real. There's a spiritual war that is so heavy. The last thing we need to do is be buzzed. What do you think Satan wants? Does he want a foothold? Does he want us to be buzzed? Does he want us to think, you're different. You can do it. You're fine. You're mature enough. Knowledge. But what does love say? Peter would write in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Be sober and be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion. There is a Puritan writer, Ottavius Winslow, who wrote a great sermon concerning um, being vigilant. He said this, Does the world challenge you thus? What is your beloved more than any other beloved? What is your, what is Jesus, your beloved? What is your beloved more than other beloveds? What makes Jesus so special to you? Above other loves. Why? What, that's, that's how he begins. What, what's so good about Jesus? And Octavius Winslow says, well, he saved me from my sins. Isn't that top of the list why we love Jesus? He saved us from our sins. Then you can add like everything else. He loves me. He forgives me. He encourages me. He strengthens me. He, he, he gives me wisdom, discernment. He blesses me. He gives me provisions. We can go on and on why our beloved is different than the other beloveds in our life. Jesus is up here because He has forgiven us of our sins. So then He says, "Therefore, as the result of God being so good to you, because He's a beloved like no other beloved in your life, therefore stand firm." Yet have we need
0: of Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at eight thirty a.m and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God the teaching of pastor ryan hussein at calvary chapel sweet hills